He's already been dead and it's messed with his head. It's John's Post-Life Crisis. Welcome to John's Post-Life Crisis. I am your host, John Johnston, founder of CornNation.com, your Nebraska Cornhusker site of mostly fun, although this year it's been more of a strain than usual. Today we're talking with former Husker linebacker Jay Foreman. Jay is a two-time national champion playing for Nebraska from 1994 to 1998. Uh, He spent eight years in the NFL playing for the Buffalo Bills, Houston Texans, New York Giants, and San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Quite a career. How are you doing today, Jay? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm trying to stay warm. I see these little flurries coming down. So, uh, you know, it might be time to start batting down the hatches here, but it's, uh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Are you in Lincoln now or where, where are you at? Yeah, I'm in Lincoln. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into this. Uh, earlier in the season, uh, our defense didn't look too bad. I mean, they they played. You know, what was it? South Alabama. They pretty much kind of won that game. They had some takeaways, but in the last two games against Minnesota and Indiana, they got they got pounded. I mean, they got pounded on the ground against Minnesota. And then they, they, Indiana looked like they could do whatever they want through the air. Uh, so, what do you think is going on with the defense? Oh, I think it just comes down to well, there's two different games. I think Minnesota. I don't, I don't think that a lot of guys were ready for the challenge or met the challenge. Like I'm pretty sure that the coaches would like them to meet the challenge. You know, I know there's a big deal about the hoodie and all that stuff. It's more or less about the principle. You know, it's like. Minnesota came out there without, you know, they they were embracing the elements and the type of game it was, and we were kind of, you know, kind of going at, at it like it was just like a regular game or a practice. Um, so that game, I think, it was more or less we weren't ready to play, and then it was just like bad fits and fundamentals as far as tackling, and, and you saw um, a little bit of that against Indiana. And then what really hurt us against Indiana was, uh, they were really efficient passing attack, but what we did was we didn't really we didn't really play smart football. So if it's, you know, like if we're blitzing on third and six, we're playing off coverage where, well, then it's a pitch and catch. So then the blitz can't get there. And then people were like, well, we're not getting any pass rush. Well, we're not covering and we're not matching up our, our front seven, you know, rushes with our back four or five coverages that we need to do a better job. So playing down and distance fundamentals and of course tackling and being physical at the point of attack. And, and that's just not tackling that's getting off blocks, that's doing everything you need to do, and, and, you know, that's football one-on-one. So that's where we've been struggling at as teams as, you know, other teams have found their identity, maybe found some things that, you know, the attack and saw some weaknesses in our defense, whether they're self-induced or just by, you know, good play calling. Uh, We haven't remedied uh, some some basic plays that we're, you know, we're really struggling at. And so we're getting behind the eight ball and down in distance and momentum, um, you know, and, you know, we're just not doing well. Now, one thing that we did earlier in the year, which people don't really recognize, is that we were, you know, we were really good on sudden changes in, in the beginning of the year. What I mean by that is we were still turning the ball over, you know, early in the season, but the defense was holding other teams to field goals. Now teams are scoring touchdowns. And so that's a big difference there, too. Because if you can hold a team to a field goal when they're getting the ball and, you know, in their, in, in their plus red zone and our negative red zone, um, you know, that's a four-point difference. And you do that twice in a game, you know, that's eight points. You know, now obviously if you do that in the Alabama game, or I mean in the Indiana game, 
you know, we ended up winning that game. And so there's, there's like, that's a big turning point there. So you could, you're actually playing the same type of defense. We just got to do better. And I call them special circumstances in the game. And, and that's what's really hurt us. This, <laughs> this sounds like a lot of everything. I mean, wh- well, where you well, st- well, when you're, well, when you're playing, well, first of all, you got to figure out what you, what, you know, what you, you just got to get back to doing one thing, one step at a time. Now, whether it's, you know, playing better against the run, tackling an open, an open field, um, knowing the coverages, you know, and, and really you play, it's a lot of everything, but it's a lot of little things. And the little things lead to big things. And that's what it is. That's where you practice. That's where you prepare. That's where you communicate. Um, both, you know, during practice, before practice, and the meeting rooms, and then after. you got to have some team meetings that aren't just with the coaches. They only get a certain amount of time, so you got to have leadership that's going to take all, you know, the whole defense in there, and they go over every single call and every single check and talk about every single play. And if there's something that you guys can't figure out within that room, then you got to go and bring it to the coach the next day and try to figure it out all together because what that's going to do, that's going to create continuity, it's going to create accountability, but then also it's going to help uh, the best defenses are the loudest ones, and that's what I mean by that is is the ones that communicate, over communicate, um, and that leads to big things on the field. So it 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 goes hand in hand. And that, yes, there's a lot of things that you know I just went over, but in reality, it's not a lot of things because it's all stuff that you can self-correct and self you know remedy. It's just going about the best steps about it and going it now, you know. Some guys that are expected to really step up and and really be you know bell cow sports haven't and 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 so that really hurts hurt us as well. You had I think losing, um, you know Williams in the um in the back end, um you know really hurt the continuity of the defense. Um and so it kind of pressed some guys into different roles, kind of you know, and you had the merger to Jay, JoJo Doman, and then you know he's. You know, he's showing flashes, but he's kind of playing out of position. And then, you you know, has some struggles up the middle. Um, and so guys just, just kind of, you know, hopefully get their bearings in these last four games and really finish it out the right way. Okay, Fabian Washington during the Indiana game tweeted that no one was talking on the defense. I mean, what? obviously you have to communicate about, like, who's picking up who or who's going where. Uh, what is it? What what does it say about the defense that nobody was talking, particularly when they were in that end zone uh, on that one play? I remember the play where the guy basically it was a pick play and they scored. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are that's pre-snap communication. I mean, I'm pretty sure they've seen that on tape. Uh, if they haven't, they probably you know they have to know it's coming. Um, regardless of what's going on out there, the coverage is, you know, two people are, if you're playing in and out coverage between two defenders and you just kind of wait for them to come into your area, or if you're playing a triangle defense, which is like two on three, you got to communicate and play it the same way. And you can play a little bit more aggressive from outside in if you're the outside guy, because you have safety help. And then the corner, if there's trips to that side, um, you know, he has to play hard inside and force a, you know, a back shoulder throw or a fade. And so the, the communication is key, and that's what I mean. It's pre-snap communication. It's play recognition. It's, for, it's formation recognition. It's player personnel recognition. You maybe have seen that play before, you know, maybe in another red zone, you know, defensive series, or, you you know, it's on your alert sheet or was on your alert sheet, you know, in your game plan. And so if there's no communication there, then everything catches you by surprise. And a lot of times on defenses, in my you know, experience communication, it leads to calculated risk, right? So you get these percentages of 
of plays that are ran out of certain formations or strength of formations or down a distance or with this personnel, blah, 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 so forth and so on. So if you're going out there and something 75 percentile, I mean, there's not a lot of things that are that high in life. You know, play your percentages. And then also communication allows not just yourself, but everybody on the defense or who you're working with in this particular coverage to play faster. You play faster, and everything is faster down there in the red zone. So, you know, you're not getting a lot of deep routes because they can't go anywhere. So everything that you're doing, you want to disrupt the timing. You want to be – you want to show color, which I mean by that is when you show color, you're showing coverage. And so then that's going to allow, you know, if you got a blitz or at least a second pass rush or make the quarterback go to a second or third read. And if the backside of the defense is playing good, you could get an interception or just better yet, stop them and maybe get into a field goal. And so that's just where we're lacking. Um, some of it's from, you know, learning a new system still in the second year. It's, it's, it's leadership. It's it's going out there and, and – a lot of times young guys are going out there not to make a mistake or um, just to do their job. What these guys got to do, and this is what Scott means, like have no fear of failure. Just go out there and play football. Don't worry about the mistakes because he know, what he's saying is if you go out there and have no fear, you're going to do some of the things that are ideally he'd like you to be able to do some of the things, which is communicate and be able to play faster um, by, you know, not having to worry about if you make one mistake, you're never going to play again or something like that. I think if you, if you go out there, you've earned their trust, play as hard as you can, do what you need to do, be a good teammate, you'll generally get the benefit of the doubt because he knows the playmaking will come along with all those things I missed or all those things I mentioned before. So you, you don't think they're that far away. I mean, you don't think that the world's falling apart and the bottom's falling out of this and – Here's the thing. Most fans, they they want an easy answer, right? When we go, because yeah. I run an internet site, I mean, in our forums, it's always about, uh, it's they blame lack of personnel, scheme, or coaching. You know, is there one of those things that's more important than the others, and is that reflected in this Nebraska defense? Well, I think, obviously, you know, there's not a coach out there that that, that is happy with, that is 1,000% happy with their roster, even if I think that if, if you know, you talk to Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney after winning after the championship, they'd probably be like, oh, I wish, you know, they had, you know, three five-star linebackers and they're all going to be first. I mean, they, there's nobody that's going to be truly have 100%, you know, every single guy healthy, playing to their best of personnel. So that's just out of the equation. Um, so, yeah, you would do need to upgrade some personnel. We, we, I mean, obviously um, – you know, in this 3-4 defense, we need some pass rushers. But those guys are like unicorns. They don't make those every day, so it's very hard to get those. So you got to find guys that are going to come in and develop into pass rushers. So that's a big that's a big chore there. So as you're doing that, you got to be able to make sure that you have defensive linemen and linebackers that can not only stop the run but, you know, play good in coverage. Well, you see a lot of teams are attacking our linebackers in coverage. One is from lack of experience, but then also lack of execution from how they're playing the coverages inside with the crossing routes and stuff like that. That's communication, play recognition, and some personnel issues. So it's a little bit of everything. And it's hard to match up your scheme to the personnel when they're not doing the basics. And the basics are just aligning and being alignment, aligning, you know, assignment and being aggressive. They're the three A's they aren't doing well. And those are things that have nothing to do with personnel or scheme. Guys just aren't lining up right. I don't know if I'm going to ask this next question right, but uh, 
Because I'm, I'm not – certainly not a guru in defense and offense and things like that and schematics, but uh, is Chenander asking our linebackers to do mu- too much in how they cover both the run and the pass? No, I don't think it is. I, I really don't. So, um, I don't I don't think so at all. I think that it's, it's not, nothing more than anybody else is doing. I think it's a pretty rather – it's a rather easy scheme. Um so, you know, I think it's, it's uh, you know, I don't know what else to, to say besides that it's pretty relative that we're not, you know, he's not asking him to cover the deep middle or anything like that. Um, so I, I don't see where they're doing any more or any less than anybody else throughout the nation. And he's not asking them to do anything that they can't do. So it's just a matter of them doing it and doing it to the best of their ability and uh, holding themselves accountable and everybody else around around them uh, accountable as well. Okay, let's get the 3-4 the defense. You get, I mean, again, I go back to the message boards and radio commentary and stuff like that. Uh, there's a lot of people that think the 3-4 defense shouldn't be running the Big Ten. Does it, is it, do the schemes really matter? Or is it just that, you know, people had say, you played in a four-three defense under Tom Osborne, right? Yeah. And and now we're in a three-four, and people constantly do this thing where they go, "Well, if we just did the same things we did back then, then everything would be fine and we'd be successful." That's kind of a, just a hitting the easy button, isn't it? Or what do you think of the three-four? Well, yeah. I mean, look. Well, I mean. I played in the four three, played in the professional in the three four, played in every single type of three four. I played in the base four where you just have a zero and two five techniques and you just line up and get after it. I played in a Pittsburgh Steelers type of three four and then I played in a com- in a combination of it of kind of what Shenander and those guys are doing right now. So um it could be ran here. You just gotta have really good defensive linemen and guys that know how to affect the passer. You know, you, you got Wisconsin who's running it and they've done pretty well at it. And I think that, uh, you know, I wouldn't say that they got any more athletes than we do. I think it's just the way that they kind of go about their business. They're a very physical team. They kind of understand that you gotta, you gotta win with physicality first. Um, and so that's where we've really been, you know, lacking as a defense. And, and so you can run it in the, in the big 10. Um, and you can, and, and you can run three, four personnel out there and have four, three fronts. Um, you know, so you're pretty much doing you get you're covered on both ends, and so it is how creative you can get. But you can't get creative if you're not just doing the basics, and that's where we're struggling at. Is just doing the basics, and that's just you know, and this is on both sides of the ball: running, blocking, tackling, not turning the ball over. I mean, we're just not doing the ABCs of, of football right now. So you can't, you know, as a coach, you can't expect them to add on more stuff when they can't do. You can't, you know, I call it walk and chew gum. So. um you know, ideally, you know, they would probably like to do some more stuff, but we haven't been able to win the line of scrimmage and do stuff. So we're playing, you know, behind the eight ball, um, you know, per se, you know, and down a distance and then not being able to be aggressive. And then it's just kind of leading to one, one thing leading to another. How do they get their confidence back? It seems to me that they have to start there. Uh well, they, well, they, yeah, they got to get their confidence back. But what they got to do is just go out there. Confidence comes from. No, of course, you know, you want the payoff to be on Saturday afternoons. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, 
but confidence comes from, you know, the work that you put in during the week, and then you build that confidence up that you're going to go out there and play it. Now it's going to come from each other. Um, you know, one thing I think that we're doing is we're waiting for the other team to fold. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, instead of, you know, let's throw the first punch, you know, and let's keep punching. Yeah, they. And, but, see, we got to realize these guys are on scholarship too. You know, whether it's Purdue, Indiana, South Alabama, Illinois, these guys, you know, all, you know, it's not like they were practicing all spring and all summer, you know, lifting weights and looking at film, you know, thinking like, man, we're, you know, we're going to get worse. They're trying to get better. They're trying to do anything. You saw it like Indiana last week. Those guys are so scared of tempo, they were up there faking injuries. They're going to do anything underneath their power, in their case, to become bowl eligible and have a signature win with kind of teeter-tottering on breaking the unwritten rules in football. And it's nothing that hasn't been done before. But at the end of the day, these guys are out there trying to – they're getting paid too. And they're, they got plenty – they got good athletes and they got good weight room and they got, you know – film study and they got guys that can break down film. They got analytics or whatever the heck it is they use. So they, I mean, you can't take anything away from them and we just got to be able to step up to the challenge and not only step up to the challenge is, is be able to dictate what we're going to do when we have a challenge. And that's pretty much smash them in the face and, and out execute them. What we've done is shown flashes of being good and then shoot ourselves in the foot. And then next thing you know, we are, you know, you know, turn the ball over, we're driving the ball, and then, you know, we're getting down there, and then we get a, you know, a legal procedure penalty, legal formation penalty, and then we're just, then we're in the negative, and then we aren't able to recover, at least for a drive or two. Okay, well, you have to, we'll, we'll take a few more minutes, and then we'll be done, because you're a busy guy. Um, that sounded really sarcastic, didn't it? I didn't yeah, mean. Yeah, that's all right, though. No, no, no. You're fine. I don't, no offense taken. My family uh, complains that everything I say is sarcastic, and you know, whatever. Um, okay, you played with Scott Frost. You knew Scott Frost back when he was a football player. I mean, we came into second year. There was a lot of hype. It's not turning out that way. How much time do you actually think it will take before he has turned Nebraska into a team? that will contend on a yearly basis for the Big Ten West? Well, I mean, I don't know the time. I mean, look, dude, look, he just got here. I mean, so you got to give him time. He's trying to change 20 years of bull, bull crap in less than two years. And so he's trying to change the culture, both in the football program and outside the program. He's trying to change the culture within – the athletic department, what he, which is, you know, let's face it, football is one of the keep the lights on, turn the lights on, lights off. I don't care what anybody else says. It kind of makes this state go. And you've had a losing mentality that's kind of been infused into our program for way too long, and we've got away from our principles. And it's not about the 90s. It's not about let's try to recreate Scott Frost and the pipeline and the black shirts and all that. What we're trying to do is try to take those princi principles that help us be successful, which every team – in this day right now uses or does and be successful and we got away from it and it's hard to get it through these kids head when they're so used to losing and doing minimal and receiving maximum benefits and what i mean by that is they're coming in and not going above and beyond when they're on scholarship or when they're here to play football and they're still treated as such as if they're winning national championship so 
the reality of where we're at is the reality that we've created. And we've created it through the way we went about it and, and talked about these players in the media, right, wrong, or indifferent. How we've anointed players that had no business doing it. We've anointed guys that are in a, to leadership roles on past teams that were not leaders, they're individuals. And when you do that, what you do is, is, is for every, if you have a guy that's only about himself, but everybody views him as a leader, he's teaching those guys how to do the same. So what you've done is you created years and years and years of individualism when Nebraska has been on a team type of concept, regardless of who was on the team. We had guys on the team that could have left and been first round picks and decided to come back because of the betterment of the team. We got guys now that they're leaving early and not even getting drafted or think, you know, they, they, you know, before they even do anything, you got guys out there talking about they got a decision to make. No, they don't have a decision to make. They, the first decision that these guys need to make are whether they really want to play football and really, really dive into it and want to really, really want to be a part of a, a Nebraska football program for five years, and that's just not doing the minimal effort. It's the maximum effort every single day, every chance that you get on and off the field, and then some. That's uh... – that's quite a that's quite a bit of stuff to you I we could spend a long time talking about every one of those things. But we're going to just for you to end this, what are you doing now? I mean, you know what I mean, what's what's going on in your life? What are you doing? Uh, uh, I do a lot of public speaking. Obviously during football season you get pretty busy, so I do some public speaking both uh High schools, uh, you know, Husker, you know, associations, obviously nationally too with some companies. Um, so I do that. I do a lot of mentoring with kids, uh, you know, whether they're trying to make that transition, you know, to high school or whatever. Uh, or not high school, or going, you know, going to college, try to do some stuff. So uh, I keep myself pretty busy. Um, also, obviously, my former foundation, what we do is we uh, hold an annual golf tournament, which helps uh, fund our turkey drive. So we were able to. Uh, donated 100 or 200, you know, free turkeys to the Center for People in Need. And then also, um, you know, we also take some of those proceeds and, and um, donate to AFN, which is uh, Autism Family Network here in, in, in Lincoln, and then also Center for um, the Center for People in Need, and then also Clinic with the Heart that helps with diabetes. So we're able to spread it around um, and help some, you know, causes that are, near and dear to my heart and, uh, you know, affecting my family. So it's, uh, you know, keeps me pretty busy, but I really enjoy the public speaking part. Well, you sound good. Um, again, I sound sarcastic, I think. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to add about this year's team or yourself that we haven't covered? I mean. No, I mean, I think they'll be fine. I think it just takes time. I mean, it hasn't been their best effort. They know it. And so, you know, I think that they can end it on a positive note. I think everything will kind of, online so it's uh you know i'm really interested to see how they end these last four or five games all right well we're going to wrap it up then this was uh, an interview with jay foreman former husker linebacker who had two national titles under his belt and has done quite a bit since then uh this has been john's post-life crisis thank you for listening